Hi, and welcome to the 91st episode of Keen Minds. We cover NBC's The Blacklist. This is Season 7, Episode 6, Lewis Powell. I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Saigal. And I'm Tessa. And you may hear Ray Cat in the background. He is And my dogs are in the background, too. <laughs> they're, it's they're life with pets. It is. <laughs> and Ray has decided my lap is his bed right now. So we'll He's see how cute. this goes. He is cute. Yeah. A lot of it gets, you know, a free pass when cute <laughs> stuff comes up. It's true. Cute animals get away with a lot. Mm-hmm. So, we are on the blacklister number 130, uh, which I thought it was interesting in terms of numbers. And let me get that out of the way because it is absolutely proven that I was correct in my interpretation of what the numbers mean. Um, one of these days I'll go about that. But yes, the numbers are a code, folks. So this one basically confirmed it. And once we get to the Haladawar, I'm going to uh, reveal what I got about that. So how you like the episode? Um. I I liked pieces of it very much, um, and then there was there was a twist in it that caught me by surprise that I wasn't crazy about. Do we want to start on things we loved or things that do we want to get things? Why don't we start on the on the? Um, why don't we start on? I, I I gotta say, I think that we should start on the. The parallels between Katerina and, um, what is her name again? Elodie? Elodie. 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 <laughs> because they're so out there. I think that, I mean, maybe we do this a little different today because there's yeah. like so many. This this episode felt to me that it had a lot of things in it. It was compressed like a sausage, like stuff in that skin, like it was bursting. I felt like we missed something. Every once in a while an episode comes out where it feels like... But we're supposed to get something that we're not? Exactly. Like, like there was an episode, maybe they were aired out of order, uh, you know, written and aired. They did that one time last year, I believe, uh, where they wrote one and then aired it. Like, the, the, the timing that they wrote them in and shot them in, they actually flipped them when it came to airing. I felt like with a lot of this episode, especially with Park coming in, mm -hmm. it was like, did I miss something? You know, It was that feeling, like, did I miss an episode? Because we had no idea that there was an, uh, a, another tax member that was supposed to come on board. Exactly. I mean, and here it is. Liz has been vetting applicants. Yeah, this wasn't even mentioned. It felt very out of the blue. I mean, it makes sense that they would, you know, need someone else in there. But it also, just on the timing scale, for the fact that we're winding down, you and I have talked about that there's no yeah, question it's, that it's, we're... Yeah, is the last or maybe one more season that we'll get? Yeah. You know, maybe they get two more. You, we, we don't so, know. So... Why why introduce someone that it felt like they were trying to introduce a new character? It just it felt like a strange time in the season, a strange season to do that at all. 
I, I don't, if they were going to add a quote-unquote replacement for Samar, I hate that because Samar wasn't a replacement for Mira either. These characters are individual characters. They mean a they, lot to their... They're there for a reason. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like she was going to, she's going to be like Mira, a character with a, with a limited arc that introduces one concept, even if we don't get to understand what that concept is right away. I have a feeling that she'll be in and out. I don't know how she, if she will die, if she will just fulfill yeah. her purpose. But it feels, there is, there is a, a very intriguing, this episode felt a little bit like season five when we were getting parallels galore. And at the same time, it felt like, oh, this is so light in mythology. But the parallels would be very rich. Yeah. It just... It felt... It felt kind of rushed to me in a lot of ways with Park. Just because... It, like I said, we didn't have any introduction to her, really. It was just, bam, suddenly, like you said, Liz has been vetting these people. Here she is. They've been talking to Red about it. Surprise, we have this new member... And then it went from, I will never tell you about Anchorage, to, I must tell you about Anchorage. It just felt, that felt like something that the pacing was very off in, that maybe that should have, and I know this is crazy for me to say, maybe it should have stretched out a couple of episodes. Yeah. To make it feel like there's a weight to whatever happened in Anchorage and make me care. I need to care about Park before I care about what happened in Anchorage. And I don't feel like we've had time to... To get connected to this woman yet i don't know that parker is a character that we're supposed to care for well, she's I mean, not a likable character i no, that's the difference it's, i'm not saying she needs to be likable we need to care what happens to her otherwise why is she there at all she's she's just wasting space if we don't care what happens to her um i felt it's a, I felt it's a writing method i i thought to me felt the opposite way it felt like I care about, I want to know what happened, but I don't necessarily care about the character. I care about what happened because I know that what happened will give me some information about why is she there. Maybe. Um, but you were talking about parallels. It was interesting that they chose Alaska for it because I feel like that parallels back to Liz being in Alaska, the Alaskan wilderness in yeah. five. Yeah. Well, so this this was time. Anchorage, and one thing that is interesting about Anchorage is that their per capita rate of crime, it's unbelievably high. Really? I mean, unbelievably high. They have a very low rate of property uh, crime, but they have an incredibly high rate of of rape and murder. Really? Yes. That's I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. Know. Somebody said like somebody said, you know, if you if you um, research Anchorage, you will you will probably get a good idea of what is that she's hiding. But the interesting thing is that she went there because she had a secret. I mean, it's not that she went she she was assigned there and something happened to her there. She went there for a reason, which makes me think she went there to avenge something, which is a theme in this in this show of vengeance of avenging and she's too young to have had a child i think so it's probably yeah. a, a family member and i think that this is going to connect very well with wrestler and the family member and his father so it i think that either she was raped or 
a sister was raped or so um I think that I mean we could go around the usual way like talking about each character but it feels to me that this episode was set up it reminded me in many ways of Alistair Pitt um I mean, I've learned my lesson by now, and I actually just watched the episodes a few times before I make a commitment as to how I feel about them. Because it felt like there was so much stuff in it. It's just like I saw such pounding it in there, and the, and the skin is kind of bursting. So I found, I found that there was interesting that, I mean, I wasn't bothered by not knowing, but this was my first introduction that there was a an agent that they were looking to introduce. I found that, okay, I was not bothered by that. It felt a little rush, but hey, you know what? Maybe there is a reason for that. Um, it it didn't jar me. Um, but I found interesting that when she comes on board, instead of having the Samar, the reaction that Aram got to Samar, and that wrestler got to Samar, which was both a keen interest. Um, you know, wrestler was like, hey, anybody who catches Reddington has my attention. And then and Aram is smitten with her. Here comes Alina. And everybody is like, I don't know this chick. I don't know who she is. You know, she's like fawning over wrestler, uh, ignoring Aram. Aram is jealous and thinking that he's replacing him. And and Liz is totally misunderstanding the situation. Like he thinks that she's re- that Aram is worried that it's replacing Samar. Oh, wrestler misunderstood. Wrestler. wrestler was the one. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, Liz seems to have assessed to like her correctly. Him. I mean, she likes her. She thinks that there's some sort of darkness in her. That that'll be useful, which is interesting. That that's yeah. <laughs> that's basically what she goes she's with. taking the role of Red in in vetting people for the blacklist, but also it's almost felt like a little Fulton like. Let's give you a little thing and see how dark you really are. So we're gonna see we're gonna go see Red as he uh, tortures a guy and then whoopsie, or Brimley tortures people and then oops he he bursts. <laughs> Poor Brimley. Yeah, I you know I I will say I love Brindley so much, and he is always such a treat every time he pops up, and this was no exception. Yeah, it was, I'm just waiting to see Brimley with Glenn. Please, one day. That would be fun. I like it. That would be, yeah. I, I would like to be one episode in which we see everybody together, like. Glenn and and Max and Brimley, are they all together it would be so much fun. Um, and the other one, the other parallel that I thought was interesting in this episode and the way it was constructed caught my attention. And then uh, the other Jen in my life um, in Reddit, um, Jen five two two five, was. Uh, Put it in, in clear words. There is this. This episode feels very much like two or three. There is mm-hmm. a new. There is somebody being being tested, uh, an associate being tested and fails a test, and B. There is a. In, there is the introduction of a task member, a task force member. Yeah, 
like Samar was introduced to the task map, to the task force there, even though they have met her before, that's when she came on board the task map, the task force. I really, as much as I hated to lose Frankie, I really enjoyed that whole twist there because it was, it was both red in his element and red out of his element because he thought he she had Frankie. He kept wanting, he kept wanting to have faith in her. Yeah. He he kept going out on that limb and wanting to have faith in her, and everyone around him's going, "Dude, you need a." not (laughs) she is not trustworthy and she proves again and again and every time that he realizes she's proving that he seems to like her a little more and and should have learned a lesson with with uh, vargas vargas was another one masterful of uh, making believe things i mean so was so was frankie she was very believable in every way i mean honestly red probably should have just cut ties with her never asked her to come back and everybody would have been a lot safer for it but when um you know when she got brought in and she was watching the video of uh of blonde cat which is interesting i don't i don't think we've ever seen blonde cat with her hair down and Mm -mm. we saw that for this video it was interesting but because you know it's something Tadashi put together for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another character I like. I I have issues like as as an adult, I have issues with him using a teenage kid. But I do love Tadashi, so I'm very well. By now, he's character. gotta be eighteen. Ah, I mean, ish. He maybe yeah. he he was he he had his prom, so he might be. Yeah, he might be. But regardless, he's old I mean, enough like, I, to I ha- enlist in the in the in the um, in the military. He's an adult. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I'm just saying when when she, when he first approached him, I mean, he was like 15 or 16, and I had some issues with Do that. But yeah. regardless, regardless, I do like Tadashi, and that was a lot of fun. But with Frank, you're gonna do child labor. You might as well do that kind of child labor instead of a yeah. factory. With uh, with and uh, in, in inhumane conditions. Yeah, you know Red will take care of him. Um, but the moment that Frankie went up and Vontae was the one, I was worried about it. Back and like there, I went back and forth very briefly, and I was a little worried about it because I really like Vontae, really like Vontae. So and you, always... you bought it even for a little bit. Here and there. Um, but the thing is, it wouldn't, it wouldn't and it didn't, and thankfully it didn't make sense for Vontae to betray Red. Not with the way he was introduced, not with how he's been shown. He's just an incredibly loyal character. I still want to know why that kid was in, it was in uh, prison. Because he was in major lockup, and we still don't know what he did. We just know that he's very loyal to Red. Um, but I loved... Him playing the role of the snitch, bringing Frankie in, and I'm sitting there going, "Red's playing her." Yeah. He oh, the second play- I saw, I saw the record that the moment that she, that Red told her, and that she got into Katerina, I'm like, "This doesn't look right," and yeah. I didn't connect about the deep fake until it's like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, yeah. why that screen?" The the Katarina side of it, or the the blonde cat side of it, with the 
you know, the hair down and everything. I didn't connect that until the end. Um, that, that everybody was in on it. I did think that, you know, she'd been called in and that the guy worked for the blonde Katarina and all of that until the very end when we got through the deep fakes. And I really do like that as a premise because mm-hmm. it's something we touched on back in season four. Was it four with uh, with Prescott when he had the yes, doctor? Yes, when he created uh, that recording for mm-hmm. for Red in season five, I think. Yep. Uh, no, season four. Yeah. When he tried, yep, with that agent from uh, Internal was, Affairs. Yeah, it was just so good. Um, and, and it's such a fascinating and terrifying thing to know that and I've thought about it, looking at these, because you see it in, in movies now, like when Carrie Fisher passed away, they they made a younger version, you know, they, they took an actress and basically put Carrie's face over it to bring her back as a young Leia. And from what I understand, the last movie that's coming out at Christmas, Leia will be in it some, just because they're using that technology. So with that kind of tech that's able to... Yeah, videos don't mean anything anymore. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I've thought about that. And, like, that that is truly terrifying. What happens when people start doing this with politicians? And all. and so I loved that as a premise. Well, there is, there is a lot. I'm, I've known that there is a lot of that in in, in a deep face with porn movies, that they make people be in porn movies, in even porn home movies that they have never been in. Um, and I mean, it's it's a it's a wholly uh, terrifying notion that you can do that. But I remember there was a movie, Lord no, a long time ago, that it was about a, a photo. The first time that photos started to be to be modified, and you know they stopped being they stopped being used as a as a proof in, in trials and the same things like this. So this is, you know, this. It, I, I love that aspect of it. it. It was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant, both from the point of view of the blacklister as with the, with entrapping Frankie. Well, I mean, it just goes back to this idea, and it's it's something that fits very well with the blacklist. I mean, in today's day and age with fake news and everything that you just said and, and everything we deal with it has us questioning so many different aspects of our life. It is terrifying, and it's it makes for a very good villain, because it's something that does actually worry us in our day to day life. Mm-hmm. I think they did that very well. Uh, I also liked um, that 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 aspect that that we touched briefly on on this vetting people now. Yeah. This is now is a mix between Doctor Fulton like wanting to recruit her for the dark arts. Uh, of being a serial killer of serial killers and Red recruiting because I'm sure that Red made this task force to his liking. So it's an it's an interesting idea how Liz is... It's almost like Red split himself up. So in order to create a second generation of Red, he had basically created, got all these agents and molding them in different ways so that one can be the good one at reading people and the other one is the, the good one of creating um, charades. And I mean, Liz was, got very good at the charade that he did, got the task force out of the, of the post office. 
Um, all of these things are, are, you know, that wrestler now is has a much better understanding that, you know, black is not always black and white is not always white and gray is the area where we all live. So let's talk about the blacklister. Were you surprised when you realized that our blacklister, the real one, not the name blacklister, was actually a artificial intelligence? Yes, and not in a uh, good way. Okay, so let me let me let me take you down my path here, um, because I I love AI stuff. I love, like I said, I really enjoyed the idea that. The system that somebody was back there creating a false premise and moving the chess pieces back, basically, you know, that there's somebody behind the curtain that you don't know who it is. And mm-hmm. so when we go in and we see Lewis Powell and he's in a chair, he has ALS, he's speaking through a, uh, <clears throat> a voice system and like basically he's not capable of looking at you and talking directly to you and I thought they were also going to parallel that back to Elodie's husband they briefly mm-hmm. touched on him again but um and so when, when I saw him there I went okay he is not the one doing this I was right there my thought process was there was going to be someone back behind him pulling the strings. That mm. they had basically hacked into all of his systems, they were using it, and there was a human being back there that felt like everything was too advanced, everything was moving. Basically all the reasons that were given, but there was a person back there pulling the strings and making it happen. The moment that Park and Aram started talking to a computer that was an AI system I just they lost me it felt like I jumped ship onto a totally different genre than the world that we've been living in for the past six seasons six plus seasons and it just it was very jarring and it didn't I, as well as much as I liked the episode at that point it kind of tanked it for me I, I was not a fan of it being an actual AI system I felt like that was not not it, certainly not the way I would have gone I I I I'm, I'm, I like the the idea the, the idea that the blacklist stays on the fringes of science you know, it's yeah. it's it's really out there. It's like a step or two past science and fringe science. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like. Let me put this 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 example. It's we know that there is now an, a scientist in China cloning people, and actually there is a woman giving birth to a clone. That is, that is, we know that that is the fringe science. There is, you know, there's a part of it that says, did he really do that? Are we going to be able to make sure that that is exactly what he did? You know, we can dis- discuss about the ethical aspects of that fringe science. But this is, did feel like, and I'm comfortable with the blacklist going there to that fringe and a step above. I'm not comfortable when he, when he leaps this much. And I am do not have 
any doubt whatsoever that humanity will get there and then probably we are far closer than the vast majority of us think we are but we are not there exactly everything you just said honestly and when they made the comment when park said something about terminator it's funny because i was staring at my my tv and i went it's like it's like Terminator. I'm suddenly watching... I haven't seen the new Terminator movie, but I'm sitting there going, did I switch channels here? Am I watching Terminator? Mm-hmm. And she made that comment, and I don't know if that was an attempt to nod towards the fact that they knew they were stretching it there, or... Yeah. In a mean it just, it way... It felt like it was stretched too far. Le- leaping leaping past that fringe science is a good way to put it. I that That's an excellent way to put it. I thought also it was funny uh, because as as series tend to wrap up things, they tend to do things like jump the the fourth wall. I mean, here it is, Frankie saying, I wanted to to, uh, start another show. And he's like, wait a minute, wasn't that why Most Run um, left the blacklist because she wanted to be in another show? And, you know, it's like it feels like they're making their own little jokes but their own little jokes are becoming like in your face instead of being this little thing there that, you know, only if you really look, you'll find it. Um, I also, but I found very funny. That's losing some that of I, the subtleness there. Yeah. In a way I felt, it felt funny that once we get, we get an uh, artificial intelligence body and it's just like red. It's a vigilante artificial intelligence so you know that i started laughing when i when i when i thought that he's like oh my god this guy this artificial intelligence is like oh no you're bad people let me kill you this is this is going too far um and also want to say this is a great nod the fact that they call it they call it clark and make a, a joke but it was the wrong joke it was not lewis and clark it was actually the space odyssey the artificial intelligence there was called Hal. Oh, that would have been nice. And the <laughs> was called Hal, and the and the guy who wrote it was named Clark. So it felt like a like a little twisted not to Space Odyssey and and the artificial intelligence body that was Hal. It it it, it was it was an interesting concept. Um, and very yeah, and that's that's really where I was on it. That that it had a fascinating premise and it was just the the twist at the end was what got me and not in the best way. Yeah. I mean, it, I wish it would have been done in a less polished way so the artificial intelligence would not be contacting assassins. Um, it, you know, a little um, less like that and more like, I don't know, it... It made like the accident at the lab. I I bought that when it started contacting people, an assassin. That was like, <sighs> yeah, that's where I started or, like getting twitchy. Or just Park sitting there and having a conversation with it. It was, I mean, like I don't blink an eye when Tony Stark has a full on conversation with Jarvis in Iron Man because that's those are the rules of the world that they live in. Park talking to this Clark AI was so bizarre, and it felt, it, it just, it, 
it was a strange feeling. It didn't sit quite right. And who knows? Maybe we'll come about it later and something will make more sense. Mm-hmm. But uh, interesting as it concept. stands right now, it... Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting concept. Um, the, the other aspect that I found fascinating was this this Aram that we're seeing. And, and I know that a lot of people are very jarred by this, but I find, I mean, I, they have laid a trail, that very subtle trail as opposed to the loaf of bread, which where they hit you uh, on the head, about Aram being very similar to red. What's your thoughts about that? Um, I'm going to disagree with that there to a degree because I think there's a big difference in what we saw between him and Elise with the pot smoking and the because I mean very early on he made the comment he said that he doesn't even drink um doesn't drink alcohol um super early on then we saw him that he did he started drinking and that he uh, started using drugs started smoking which are legal in and uh, yeah I mean so. But I think there's a big difference, a, a, a very big jump between... Well, we have seen him alter behavior for women before, but there's a big jump between smoking a joint or a hookah and breaking into someone's home and then flashing a badge and saying that he's... I mean, obviously he is with the FBI, but I mean, it just... That entire thing, and then... If he had just gone, holy crap, what have I done? I've got to put the brakes on it. Maybe I would have felt a little more. But then, it, kind of like with the AI system, where it was just that leap. Then he breaks into the Washington Monument and they have a picnic. Like, that was just... I, I don't know. It didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It felt very extreme well i know that that i I know that a lot of people feel that way but hear me out we had kirk describe how katarina seduced him she wanted to look at a house by a but by a contemporary architect and when they got there she jumps the fence and starts dancing and there are people in the house, there are people that live there, and she's dancing, and Kirk is petrified. Of course, he didn't get into the dance. They probably had sex in the garden as the people are there and the lights are on. And Katerina is there dancing. And Eloide, uh, Eloide? Elodie, and Elodie brings, um, brings, brings Aram to a house that is also peculiar, and they break in there. Uh, to have sex in somebody else's bed. So I'm seeing that the parallels they're doing with Katerina being a thrill seeker and bringing out everything that Aram had out and making him and bringing him down further into this this rabbit hole of thrill seeking. It's it's very interesting to me because we have had things about Aram being not exactly a black and white kind of guy. He may have been scared physically of breaking the law, but he's a hacker. 
I mean, is he takes a he used to take a different kind of risk before becoming an agent, a field agent. He may not have been at gunpoint like Samar said, but he was out there breaking into people. Um, he was, you know, he hacked into member sweater vest. He hacked into sweater vest. He was hacking into all kind of places. He was recruited from the NSA. Um, so there's there's a different. I mean, he always made up his own rules. You know, he believed that Red was doing the good thing. He always believed in Liz being innocent. Um, so he's not exactly, he was never exactly the, the, the black and white guy. He just had a, a set of behaviors in which that rule breaking was adequate for him and correct. And Elodie just like broadened it up to taking physical risks. And I feel that that is very much the same thing that happened with Katrina and Red. She, Red talks about, you know, being a difficult child and and being a, you know, liking outlaws. And I think that Katrina just took that thrill-seeking and that's how she draw people in. Thoughts? Um links i can see the parallel i can see the parallel between uh with what you just said about the jumping over the the fence and the dancing in the yard and breaking into the house i i did not that was not where my mind went to in the show and as much as i love parallels it's uh <laughs> it's a little embarrassing to say but um <laughs> just because you're not you don't like it it makes a big difference i well i i yeah, I just you I, don't I, like the affair with I'm, a married woman and with I, a disabled I'm just husband. I'm not a big fan of Elodie. So I just don't really like. There are a lot of things I don't like about the Elodie arc in general. Yeah. I feel like it's a disservice to Samar and the relationship that they built there. I, I, I just I I don't like the arc which is fine i mean it's you know it's not my show they're they're going in a direction with it and in the end i may say oh well okay that's that's how they got there um i had a thought and i completely slipped away like while you were talking i had it and maybe i'll come back to it mm-hmm. but uh, I, to me my mind were right there i mean this is redhead character that is doing all kind of things. So it's almost like they're they're showing us Katerina in two ways. You know, evil Katerina was um, redheaded Anna McMahon and her evilness and no heart. And, you know, she was a magician and did all bad things. And this is the real, the thrill seeker, full of life character that seduces with that kind of, you know, joyful abandonment that that goes into being dangerous. And she's also a redhead. Yeah, yeah, they do like redheads. I, I can't complain about that part. <laughs> you know what's it's coming nice with wrestler, right? He's a redhead. He's gonna discover some things about his dad that he was not expecting. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we've talked about that. That's just being on the blacklist. Um, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> Anything you think is black and white on the blacklist, give it five minutes. You'll find out it wasn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, what did you think? I mean, were you expecting Frankie to just go so fast? Or you expected her no, I wasn't. journey to last um, a little I, I thought, longer? I thought she was going to last a little longer. I... Honestly, I kind of expected her to be part of the task force and to put in there. And it's interesting. I think it was an interesting decision to go that way. I think it says something. Exactly what it says is still yet to be revealed. Right now, the way I'm reading it is that Reddington was off on his calculation where Liz was right. And so that's that's what in the assessment of the individuals for the task force, Liz was pushing her was pushing Park the entire time that she vetted her that she liked her that she thinks she's a good fit. Red was digging his heels in. He was fighting her on it. No, he wants Frankie. He wants Frankie. And then while everyone around him saying Francesca betrayed you, this is not smart. And it turns out that yes, she continued to betray him. And, um, I think he was very disappointed in that at the end, hence the lovely red moment of <laughs> it being his burden and then just shooting her. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah. No, I, no, no, I, don't I was, kill her. I, I liked, I liked her very well. I think she had a lot of potential, but if it was going to be between her and Vante, I will choose Vante every day. Yeah, I wasn't taking, I knew immediately as I saw Vante, I said, oh yeah. She's just been taken for a ride. Yeah, and so it was just—it was interesting. Um, I, I will be very curious, especially coupled with, um, with Bloom and the whole "I love you because I trust you" thing that we discussed, mm -hmm. and the idea that he's—he may not be as trustworthy as, as yeah. uh, Red seems to think he is. I wonder if Red is, is starting to slip. Like, I wonder if he's, exactly. he's, he's making him be, or being, you know, remember when we talk about how Red and, and, and it happens with Tom and, and Liz as well, they, when things got emotional and get comfortable, like the yeah. same way he was taken by the kings of the highway, Red would have never been taken by the kings of the highway. He was off his game because he was having a good time with Liz. He was telling her stories. They were basically in a road trip, and he slipped. I exactly. I I think that he's very close to the situation. While I still don't think that this is you know, Lottie's Katarina that we know Liz's mother. I you know, it's still a connection to Katarina. It's still a deeply threaded past with Red and that's probably dragging up a lot of memories. He's obviously ill to some degree or something is going on there. And so with all of that working together and working against him in a lot of ways, I mean he is human. So the idea that that's throwing him off his game a little bit is interesting to me. And mm. I kind of... As it stands right now with the way that we saw Frankie pan out and how determined he was to trust her no matter what, 
that's the feeling I'm getting, is that we're being led down the path to show that he is slipping some. Yeah. And also, you I don't know if you remember, there was a long time ago, but we touched on that, and I said that part of, of what we're seeing in the blacklist is the see, seasons one and two were we were being shown the finished magic trick. You know, it had the magician with the audience and the pretty lights and the smoke and the assistant in the in the second dress. And they, they, they had all this like show and beauty. And as as the seasons have gone on, we've gone back beyond the mask and we're seeing the man, the ma- the man behind the magician. And a lot of the things that have come to happen, I wonder you know, like like Red killing the guy accidentally, or maybe not, or the stranger an accident. Yeah, or the stranger uh, not getting there, and Elodie getting the the name for Aram. I wonder if when we were in the seasons before, and we were seeing the finished trick, if if those things have always happened in Red's world. But we, Red is so so good at integrating things and rolling with the punches and thinking on his feet that we got a finished product that looked like he was omniscient, like he knew and planned everything, that everything that happened, he was on top of it. And, had, and it, became, it gave an impression of him being a puppet master. Well... In reality, what had been happening is a man who's a master at creating an illusion. And that illusion means that when things don't go as planned, you roll with the punches, you take a, a, a stand, and you don't let anybody let you see you sweat. Yep. Never Something like that. Me. I mean, it, it, am I expressing it in a more or less coherent no, way? No, I... I... Oh yes, definitely. I and I like it because I, I think that that almost has to be accurate. Uh, I mean, he he may be slipping um, because he's always been a relatively good judge of character. Um, I say relatively because everybody knows how I feel about Tom. Um, <laughs> he wasn't a good like judge Red. of character with Tom. Not at all. He let his no, emotions. He but he was him. also very exactly. He was very close to the situation, and. But for the most part, he tend. I mean, because he'd almost have to be. Otherwise, he would have been dead a long time ago. No matter how clever you are, no matter how quick you are on your feet. And Red is. He's proven that he is again and again. But if that's all you have, if you don't have a good judge of character, you're dead in that world. And so he's... It'll be interesting seeing that. We may be getting a peek behind the curtain and... He may also and he be, may slipping. be slipping. It may be a combination the thereof. Yeah. Because he has been off his game. Since when? To some degree or another. Since. Liz killed I'd Connelly. Say le- hmm? Since Liz killed Connelly? Uh, I wasn't going to go back that far. Um, I was going to say Kate when he shot Kate. Um, anger was when I, yeah, when when he let that that get to him, and when he made that decision. 
Because, well, he's never shied away from, you know, doing away with people that he feels like have wronged him. And as we've discussed again and again, in his world that he functions in, he can't just let people off the hook here and there and everywhere. But there was a difference. It would be like Dimbe. You know, that this was someone that was deeply entrenched in his past. And he doubted Dimbe, close. too. He did, um, but I think he did Dembe because he because of everything with Kate. But I think that what he saw as a betrayal by Kate back in season three, and then moving forward when he shot and thought he'd killed her, he was off his game on that. He was. Dembe didn't like it. Dembe talked about using a dead woman's name to, you know, further mm -hmm. a, a deal that he was making and all of these things. And I think that we started getting that. It started knocking him just a little bit off kilter. And he straightened some, but he's also been arrested. I mean, the fact that he, he didn't see that Liz poisoned, arrested... I mean, he's just, the, these aren't, these aren't things that we would have missed before. Now, granted, there are plenty of stories about him being paralyzed, about him being poisoned, about near-death experiences, things that went wrong, he's been arrested before, all of this that's happened over the years before we met him in the pilot episode, but I feel like as we get closer to the end here, we're coming up on Katarina, we're dealing with Liz. He's got so many balls in the air right now, mm -hmm. nobody can keep up with them all. And he's starting to falter some. Interesting. I I have been taking a look at this, and, and I'm preparing to go a little further than that. I think that Red was off his game for a long time and and part of this comes from revising Kate I always had this feel and I didn't know how to put it in words or where that, that Kate was not exactly as we thought and it's interesting because a lot of that had been said oh he was supposed to be a man he was supposed to be this and that but the thing is when we met Kate she has this giant bag. It looked Mary Poppins. It was giant, and she was carrying it, and it was very, very much Mary Poppins-like. She arrives, and she fixes the situation. Um, she cleans the place. She finds red. She does all this. Um, there is something in this that when you look at what Kate did and the things that Kate kept, notes, for 20 years of cleaning for red, which which bodies were where and what did they die of? I mean, in 20 in 20 years, it's not a way. It's, there's no way that she remember all of that. So to me, it feels that you have to go back to when Kate was approached by Sam and she meets Red and, and she doesn't want to work with Red. She despises Red as a traitor. She obviously has nothing, no idea of of Katerina framing Red. But at, at that moment, it felt like she didn't want to be with him. She oh, And 
what she wanted was to put his her hands around Red and strangle him. And it felt to me that the reason she took that job and and looking back after that 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 whole arc with with Kate and going back and looking at all and I did that I went and I looked at all her scenes, and when you start looking at them in that way, especially in order in the sequential order they happened, not in the not in the order they are shown to us, it it seems that what emerges, it's a Kate that went to work with Red in order to make sure that Red did not come close to Liz. But as soon as he did, we got that pinch look, I'm going to, my, I, and I'm always putting a plan to bring him down in case that he ever does. And she was fine with it so long as he didn't enter her life. Once he entered her life, she's just biding her time and see how much damage there is. But the, to me, the moment that Liz killed Connolly, and it was obvious that now she's a criminal, she's hunted, that Kate's mind was made and she started that plan to take her out of Red's life. And it feels to me that Red, and I don't doubt that she loved Red because it's hard not to love Red. He has so many good things about him. But there was always that back thing that I am here so long as you behave. But the moment you don't, I'm going to take you down. And that Red did not see that because Red wanted that affection because for so long, that source of affection, that family that he had made, and he needed that. And again, his emotions. How much of emotions? Yeah. So that, I mean, it just feels that there is there is more than just like being older or being poisoned or being sick. That this has been long time coming. I, I definitely think, regardless of where the slip is happening, you know, if it happened long before we met him or... If it happened, you know, in season two of the way for like, re- regardless, I, I agree with you that it does. It is tightly linked with his emotions and his feelings towards people. I mean, because we watched it with Tom every time Tom was an exceptional operative and not just I mean, sometimes we didn't see it. Um, but I mean, he was painted that way that he was Bud's best he was the best of the best with that that's why red hired him he was he was just very good at what he did but that's not something we saw when he was stuck in a highly emotional very personal situation like in redemption where he was smack dab in the middle of this family that he didn't know that he was trying to find out if he wanted to get to know then suddenly Yes, he's still a good operative. He can still perform the task, but there is a very obvious slip with him at that point in which he got himself into a lot of trouble. And we've seen it with Liz, that when Liz isn't close to somebody, she's an excellent profiler, she's very good at what she does, but she spent 
over she to believed jennifer without a shadow of a doubt oh yeah. you're my sister yay after, after everything that's happened and yeah. and, and same, uh, well we, we don't know we don't know about the you know about the neighbor yet but still there's just when it comes to close emotional ties especially these three and probably you could probably make arguments for others as well but especially these three it's not that their intelligence or what makes them good at what they do goes out the window completely but they're compromised yeah the, they their emotions will take you will will take you out and there's a reason why doctors will not perform surgery on a on a family member uh there is a reason why people don't um, don't uh, take care of the money of a family member that's the reason there is because your emotions are there and they don't serve you well. I, 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 and also it's it's funny because when when uh, people think about Red and Tom, you know, I always come back to this to this. I mean, let's let's look at things with logic, and logic tells you you now have an operative who's married to the woman that you wanted to protect. If you bring him on board, he will be the absolute best to keep her safe. Uh, instead, yeah. you make an enemy of him. How is that going to help? It's, it's hubris. It's like, why would you think that you're God? You can just say, and he, he was still not letting it go. Like, you just fell in love. I mean, you married the your target. What's wrong with you? It's like, but I fell in love. I don't well, care. It's... In season five, he was still popping off. And Tom was like, when are you going to let this go? Like, how many years has it been? When are you going to drop this? Yeah, it it stuck a pin so deep in his brain about it that he just, he could not see past it in so many ways. Yeah. It, to but me, it I feels think like... it may have hit, I think it hit very close to home for him, and that's why he couldn't. Yeah. Well, especially if he is Raymond Reddington, hello, he was Katharina, who apparently... Just hoodwink him, and she was working yeah. for the cabal. That's what I'm he saying. Had no idea. That's what I'm saying. It hit very close to home for him. Yep. That regardless, there was some sort. Of, whether he's red, whether he's not, there was a connection with Katarina, and considering she took it's for kind a ride. of her mo to honey trap. I mean, she yep. she honey traps people. That's what she did, and. And so, it yeah, didn't I, need I to be they... with, with sex. She, I mean, this woman was a walking wreck. She was like a wrecking ball. She was a hurricane. She destroyed Dom and Kirk and Kate and, and Raymond Reddington and his own, her own daughter. I mean, whatever she won, her life, the people behind her was a trail of destruction. Um, we wanted to talk about Frankie and Park and their fight. Okay. Um, that was a great fight between, I mean, kudos to the body doubles. They, they really did well. Uh, hasn't the choreographer, or the, uh, the fight coordinator, fight choreographer, wow, sooner or later I'll get it. Uh, hasn't he won awards for this show? I, I don't know, him? but that was, that was awesome. Yeah, it was it was very well done. I love those kind of fights. Um, again, 
Was there somebody about to be stabbed with another glass shard of glass? Why this is bringing memories? Uh, well, you've got from season one wrestler cutting his arm with a shard of glass. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anybody's nearly been stabbed in the throat by a shard of glass. I don't think. No. Probably well, not. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the thing that comes to mind is wrestler with the arm. But, um, <laughs> it was, I still, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about it, but it was a, it was an interesting line. I, I liked the line, I just, because I'm not quite sure how I feel about Park yet, I don't, yeah, anyway. Um, Which but, line? Uh, she said, when, when Red was like, basically, well, I want you now, and she's like, I came here to tell you that I... That I can't work for you because you're much. Was it you're much? You're too, too brutal. Too brutal. And like she's just covered in blood. She looked Dim- like a wild animal with a teeth bare and yeah, face and blood. Dimbe had to pull her off because she was about to just rip into Frankie's throat. I mean, she snapped, and I think that's. I, I assume that's what she was afraid of happening. And I guess we'll get more information when we find out what happened in Anchorage. Granted, what she tells Liz about Anchorage may or may not be the truth. We'll see. Yeah. And it's interesting that she has to tell Liz. So some people were wondering, is this about Liz? Is this connect to Liz in some way? Um, it, it was it's interesting. It, it was really interesting that you know there is a dark a darkness. And it makes me wonder if Red, if that was also what Red was looking for when he connected, when he created his little task force, when he got Cooper, when, you know, we knew they had been collecting Coopers before, so he had like a little Rolodex, uh, it's the 90s, so Rolodex are adequate, Um, the, the... Rolodex of like, okay, this guy has a little bit of darkness in him and I can have something to hold over him. Good. Um, how about if I choose wrestler? Yeah, that guy, that would be a good one. He looks like a Boy Scout, but I can bring out anything in him. He'll take some work, but we'll get him there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't worry. We'll get you there. Um, and, and Aram definitely, you know, had that that thing of doing what he thought he was right, regardless of what the what the rule said. Uh, Mira was imposed upon him by Diane, and boy, she had a lot of darkness because when she got thrown under the bus by being given the as being the second level Patsy, she threw Diane right under the bus herself. CIA. Yeah. It's like, yeah, attracted by treacherous. Mm-hmm. I liked Mira. Yeah, I like Mira, and I have a feeling that Alina will be a somewhat like Mira. There's going to be something that we're going to get in this character that will be important. Um, I'm yeah, not I... sure that I like the character, but I li- I'm, I'm not sure that she's likable, but I like the character. I, you know, I, I'm not... I haven't found a way to connect to her yet. I, I don't really care about her yet. Um, I, I felt like, like I mentioned earlier, I felt like it was very rushed in the, I, I feel like I need to care about her a bit more before I care about what happens in Anchorage. But mm-hmm. we'll see. I may change my mind. I mean, the, the actress is very good. Um, I think she has a lot of 
I think that the character has a lot of potential. It just feels like very strange timing. And so, but I'll, I'll give it time and see yeah. where I, where I well, go the, with the, it. The blacklist, I was writing something today uh, about a lot of people are, are look at the blacklist like, you know, the traditional element, you have a protagonist, you have an antagonist and you, you know, you have to, you, you like your protagonist and you, and you feel connected to the protagonist in a way and it it helps people feel that they're that they're with her but the blacklist to me the more I'm looking at it it feels like this flips everything on its side I instead of instead of you caring about Liz and wanting to go on the journey and feeling like Liz, most people tend to dislike Liz. The, 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 the majority of fans feel like, why are you doing this? You're not supposed to do that. They don't feel empathic towards Liz. They don't connect with Liz. They feel they connect with Red, but not with Liz. See, I'm, I like Liz. I, I'm, I don't know. I, I feel like she's been put into a heck of a the situation. Ringer. Yeah. Yeah. Put through she's the ringer and it the... and that, that dictates a lot of what she does because she has been put through things that would have shattered most people. And yet she's come out a lot harder, I think. But I think that she had a pretty hard I, I think she covered Core. up a lot of her her darkness. And it's just She's been shedding it, and she's become much more comfortable with it. Yeah. Was it? I I hate this song now because it's the song they killed Tom to. But hello, darkness, my old friend. You know, that's yeah. that's Liz. But what I was thinking is, this show cannot be see, cannot be seen in the same way that most shows can. It feels to me, and the more I've been looking at this with with critical eyes. It feels like instead of being Liz the protagonist, the protagonist is is empty. We're we're getting we're getting red, and red is like red has mirrors around him, and all the other characters are basically surrounding him. I have to explain it in a in a, in a visual way. And then there's mirrors. Each one of them is a mirror, and they're getting tilted. And by getting tilted, we're seeing facets of themselves as seen by Red in the middle. And at the same time, Red is the is the the spare that Katerina shoved in there. Red came and crashed into their life, and Red has been shaping them into something. They've been, they've been shaping them into becoming something. Everybody has changed around Red. And sure, Red has changed, but he's the agent of change in most of people. And most people are like mirrors that get tilted ever so slightly, and you see a different faucet, facet of each one of them. Yeah. And, and so it feels at the same time that I'm not sure that who's a protagonist. And and that is fascinating to think about. I mean, that, I, I suppose I... <coughs> I think the protagonists 
have been changing in television and storytelling in general for a while now. I mean, we no longer, I think on a broadsword, are interested in flat, uh, you know, knights in shining armor. Yeah, I mean, it's, we like getting down into the dirt with them. We like characters that play in the gray because life is messy. It's, you know, even if you have the best of intentions, when it hits the fan, you have to make the hard calls. And, you know, it's... I don't think that we can judge protagonists and antagonists by black and white characters anymore and I certainly don't think we can on this show um I would consider both Liz and Red as protagonists because and we antagonist. Uh, well I mean they're antagonists to each other sometimes um but well he's looking for she's looking for the truth he's obscuring she's obscuring yeah. the truth I just I think it's more complicated than the traditional protagonist and antagonist setup yeah. of years gone by. We we lean more heavily into the anti-hero these days than we have before and I personally love it. I I'm a big fan of anti-heroes. I enjoy those characters because they're not flat, they're not boring. And I, mm-hmm. I guess I'm getting really judgy on the <laughs> characters that are, but that's that's always been my thing. I've never liked just you know well, the hero's when, hero when we started you know a lot of people felt you know wrestler is a good guy um that Liz is the little ingenue that want to do the right thing uh and then Tom was a bad guy because he was you know he was a, a, a spy and and then you know slowly we got to the to this point and Nobody's as it seems. Yeah, everything's the, been the flipped on its head. The good guys tend to be bad. The people that we looked at being good end up to be bad. The people that we thought were bad are the ones doing good. Uh, Resser became a better cop when he's when he became a bad cop. Well, because he learned to, like Red said in the pilot to Liz, learn to look at it. Like from like a criminal, a like a criminal, and so that's what wrestler's been learning to do, whether he realizes it or not. That when he's pushed past his own moral boundaries, he's learning. He's able to expand the way he approaches everything else. Because like, it, like it happened in the previous episode. Red was saying lines of a cop, and yeah. Wrestler was saying Red's lines. It's gonna be a gas, <laughs> and and so the 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 at the end it feels like is that what I'm talking about? The mirror tilting. By now we're we're not sure now who's the bad guy, who's wearing the the black hat, and who has a white hat. And I think that's the point. I don't think we should be sure of that at this towards the end here uh and i'm not even sure there'll be a clear cut yes or no in the end i mean you kind of throw your hat in with the characters you're hoping to to survive with some some uh slice of their their uh character intact um Mm -hmm. 
but yeah, it's it's been a wild ride. Um. You know, in, in in many ways, the blacklist reminds me of the cartoon characters and the superheroes. That you know, except that that none of them are completely white and completely black. They're not they're not the good guys or the bad guys. Everybody has a dark side. Well, it, depending on which superheroes you're looking at these days, certainly. They're no, flawed. They're all flawed, these, you know, the ones that we bring about these days. I mean, my one of my personal favorites, Iron Man. I mean, you go through Tony. And Tony Stark's been that way for years. That he's The struggles that he deals with. I mean, he's a hero, but he's not, you know, yeah. knight well, in shining it's, armor. It's also, it's also the times. You know, mm -hmm. the heroes of the past were very, were very black and white. You know, you have the white hat of the good guy or the black the black hat of the bad guy and you know who's what yep. is what but in in the blacklist in particular i think that you know people look at it and i think what a, a lot of i've seen a lot of revolt over the six years over i hate this because where are we going and i think that that a lot of people are missing the journey that liz is doing to us towards who she is by doing a journey about her parents and you're also dealing in the realm of espionage which is not clear-cut and so there's there's a line out of the show burn notice that i just finished watching um i am not going to be able to quote it verbatim but the the basics of it is that basically spies are just criminals with a government behind them yep. and you know so i've said that many times things that you would you know that somebody on the streets committing a crime they just happen to have landed in a place that the government's willing to pay them for it and so i mean that's when if somebody were were um blackmailing somebody you would you would feel horrified but now if i tell you that blackmailing a guy who's an assassin will keep you and your entire city safe mm -hmm. how would you feel about it you're gonna feel better about it yeah and so it's it's messy like i was saying earlier it's i mean the world of espionage is messy it isn't black and white and so to expect the characters I, I every, to be that every way every world is messy that's true i mean it's there is there is very little that you can say this is entirely good and this is entirely bad because it all depends on the circumstances upon which you encounter that that situation mm -hmm. if you were in a different situation maybe we'll read differently but i mean we're past the the white knights of the middle ages and the damsels in distress and the you know the 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 bad evil witch they're this is different yep i agree all right well that's about all i've got that's all i got i got i got a lot more but <laughs> this is all i got for today yes yes all right. Well, you can listen to us on iTunes, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Got to remember that for a second. Um, and you can chat with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Tumblr. And we love to hear from you guys. If you want to, you know, say hi or send a question in, we'd love to hear from you. All right. Until next time. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.